I want to make this crystal clear. If anyone calls you magnificent, if they say your penmanship is magnificent, if they say you have magnificent style, if they use the word magnificent in a positive way, I don't know how they would do it in a negative way, but if, if they use the word magnificent in a positive way towards you, I don't think a hug is enough. I don't think a simple thank you is enough. I think the two combined, maybe not enough. A thank you card, a kiss on the cheek. Understand the magnitude of that compliment. The word magnificent, I don't use it a lot. If I say you're magnificent, if I describe something as magnificent, a lot of weight. When I think of the word magnificent, there are a few images that actually pop into my mind, and it's kind of like a, it's like a thumbnail. And in my mind, I can click on the thumbnail, and I'll be brought to a certain time, a certain place. I want to talk about one of those instances, but we need to realize a few things first. There aren't a lot of places that anyone would want to be at 8, 10 in the morning. Building on that, there aren't a lot of places that a collegiate senior would want to be at 8, 10 in the morning. I'll tell you one of those places right now, a 100-level history class. Everyone, a brief period of time, four months, I reported to one classroom at the oldest building at my university, second oldest, fourth old, one of the oldest buildings at my university on a Tuesday and Thursday, 810 to 935. It was a 100-level history class. What you need to know about me, I don't like history. I don't. It's, it, it, it's, let's firm up history. I love sports history. Everything else, uh, doesn't do it for me. Not really. I'm not good at it either. It's probably my worst subject. And that's always been so confusing because it's history. It's happened. How can I not be right about that? And so, but then when I frame it like that, I almost feel better because it's, you know, the C pluses, the B minuses that I received in all those classes, it's kind of like I'm rewriting history and that's edgy, but that's not, again, it's all perspective. What you need to know is I don't like history. And in this one particular class, the teacher and I, it's not that we didn't see eye to eye, but I felt like she was throwing passive aggressive jabs and I was slipping a lot of them, but I was still catching some on the chin. She was hoping my energy was up here. My energy was never up there. And I don't think you can blame her. But I don't think you can blame me. My degree was on the other end of this prerequisite obstacle, and it wasn't a difficult obstacle to clear. Like maybe it was a 110-meter hurdle. I just wasn't running the 110 meters that fast, and I don't have good form when it comes to the hurdles. That's the way I was looking at it. Everyone, it was my disdain for this class that I, I really believe set up the magnificent moment. Because it was a Wednesday night later on in this, I believe, I think week 12 of the semester. And our teacher, I, I'm not sure if it was jury duty. I'm not sure if she was sick, but she sent an email the, the Wednesday before our Thursday class, basically saying uh, an adjunct professor is going to come in and, and fill in for me for the day. Uh, I'll be back Tuesday. And I remember seeing the email, slightly relieved, just a little bit. And it would, it would have been very easy to actually sleep through this class because I'm thinking, oh, it's a substitute. You know, the material will probably go over it again on a Tuesday. 
It's not a big deal if I miss. I'm glad I went. I show up that day. I get in probably the class 805 in my forehead, um, almost magnetically attracted to my desk. And I think from the one too many course lights I had the night prior, crust still in my eyes. I felt dehydrated. My hands, I mean, they're always dry, but just a little bit drier this certain day. 810, a slight murmur starts to build. The, the teacher's not there. The adjunct professor's not there. 811, 812, all of a sudden, uh, the dialogue of, you know, if he's not here in 15 minutes, uh, legally, we can leave. You all know what I'm talking about. By now, all the classes were in session. The halls were empty. Really setting the stage. Because in the distance, you hear the pitter-patter of a couple of steps. And those steps, one after the other, get a little bit louder. And a little bit louder. And a little bit louder. It's now 8.15. The door opens and enters. A man standing five feet, six inches tall. He was wearing a suit. Pants and jacket. Color-wise, honestly, get a blue raspberry dum-dum. He wasn't wearing socks. And the pitter-pattering from those footsteps, well, it all made sense. He was wearing hard bottoms. His t-shirt, it was plaid. There was pink, there was red. And I've been saying salmon as a color frequently on this podcast, but if I didn't say there was salmon in the t-shirt, I'd be lying. There was salmon in the t-shirt. And it was all brought together by a lime green bow tie. I'm not making this up. Uh, Glasses, he was wearing them, but if you told me those are fake glasses and he's just doing it for the look, I would have believed you. Part of me felt like they were Ray-Ban. That was the energy he was giving me, but his haircut, it's high and tight, parted to the side. He was carrying a cup of coffee, keyword cup, not a to-go mug, but a glass cup of coffee. And I think that's the most important part of this moment. Because as he walked in, before the door even closed, he's looking down, he enters the classroom, he looks up, but doesn't address anyone. He just looks at the wall, and he's walking towards his desk, and he begins his monologue. Well, I guess two bucks gets you a cup of coffee, but I don't even know what that means. Books go on his desk. Has anyone been to the armory? As he says armory, turns around, faces the class. Before anyone can even raise their hand, he says, there's a play going there. You should see it. Describes the play seven to eight minutes. You all need to know that the play, it it had historical context, but nowhere near the time period that this class was actually based on. After he described the play, he described the venue, the armory. He, he, it's a basic, and this actually is a well-known building in Portland, and it has historical context. But again, nowhere near the time period of this class. I'm not complaining. It mixed things up, and, and I feel like every two or three minutes as he continued to talk, and again, everyone, 15 minutes uninterrupted, I would have to kind of peek over my shoulder just to make sure that this wasn't planned that this was all impromptu. And I think everyone was in the same boat. It's 8, 10 in the morning. Everyone is dazed and confused. In walks a man, dressed like he would on Easter Sunday, and delivers what I'm going to dub a magnificent impromptu speech. He was the best substitute teacher I ever had, and I don't think I actually learned a thing. (laughs) 